Hi everyone, this is Deb from Dying to be Found. Before we get started today, I just wanted to mention that episodes contain disturbing discussions on harmful acts and crimes against animals and or humankind. Recordings are not intended for young or sensitive audiences due to the content nature of this podcast. Listener discretion is strongly advised. everyone i'm deb and i'm beth and welcome to episode two of dying to be found so beth how's your week it's been great i answered the phone at work today and uh feeling in a real good mood i kept saying awesome i love that so what's the reaction i would say about 75 percent of the people laugh it just makes their day that's great laughing makes you live longer does it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's been pr- it's been clinically proven. So get a little giggle in your day and you're good to go. On another note, Beth, I wanted to kind of talk with you because I did a little reflection since last week and I think that we that we have a little bit of a challenge between you and me. What kind? You were talking about driving home at 30 kilometers an hour. I have no idea how to do all that in my head because I'm not that good at math, but um, all I can do is kind of remember in the odometer on my, or the speedometer on my car, there's a, no, it's the odometer, isn't it? So the odometer on my car actually shows the metric system and, you know, miles per hour at the same time. That's the only way I know how to convert. I pretty much am imperial, but dad taught us about maps and he also taught us about metric conversions. So I'm about 50-50. Now, do you bake in metric? No. So if I gave you a recipe, I could just put cups? Yes, for sure. <laughs> okay. Do you have a recipe for me? Um, not off the top of my head, but <laughs> we'll talk about that for sure. Okay. <laughs> so here in America, we pretend to have, or we pretty much, what did I say? Pretend? No, we don't pretend to have national days for everything. We have national days for everything like national left-handers day. So I'm left-handed and I'm pretty chapped because had I known back in the day that I could have gotten a college scholarship for just being left-handed, my student loans are way out the roof, but I don't really want to talk about that. So well, maybe you should get a second job, but, <laughs> but before you say anything, I've never heard of, I am chapped. I was thinking you were going to talk about your chapped lips all the time. <laughs> I talked about my chap lips at work the other day. Yeah, for sure. I still have chapstick in my pocket, just about 24-7, have it on my bedside table. My daughter is addicted. She even did a school speech on um, being addicted to chapstick, and it was a very interesting listen to. Is it clinically proven? I do recall that there is theories that there's items in the chapstick to keep you having to use it. Well, I do know that I had, I was never allowed to use it when I was a kid because I I had heard a long time ago that chapstick is addictive. And then anyway, I'm chapped because 
had I known there was a left-handers day or a left-handers scholarship for people that are left-handed, in case you didn't know there, you could probably get a scholarship if you had a goat. So there you get, we had a goat. Oh my gosh. Willie goat, the Billy goat. Remember him? Oh my gosh. I'd rather not. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, maybe this podcast too can, you know, be a, a job, but right now I consider it a hobby. So lots of entrepreneurs turn their hobbies into businesses. All right. So Beth, I had every intention of covering a story out of Canada today, but while I was creating the marketing feeds for social media this week, I discovered something pretty interesting. Did you know there's something called World Wildlife Day? And don't worry, folks, I have every intention of looking up national whatever days between Canada and the United States so Beth and I can both align our calendars. I know that there is something to celebrate every day of the year. So, of course, there's something different for everyone, except for Boxing Day, because we don't have that here. Yeah, we love it. It's an extra day off the day after Christmas. Does it does everybody know the story behind Boxing Day? Probably not. It's as far as I know, it has to do with going into the stores and buying boxes of cards, maybe. (laughs) I don't. Okay, so I actually know what Boxing Day is all about. What is that show that was on TV? Downton Abbey. Did you ever watch that? Loved it. And I heard there's a new movie coming out. (gasps) <gasps> of of Downton Abbey yeah I was talking with my girlfriend and she mentioned that oh my gosh tell me when that comes out because I'm going to go see it okay so good okay but so Boxing Day is all about how you know in Downton Abbey how they always had those servants right yes so the servants what were they doing on Christmas Day I don't remember really <laughs> they were serving they were serving their employers. So they had to work on Christmas day is pretty much what that was all about. They had to work. So their employers gave them the very next day off. And that's when they got their boxes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's why they got boxing day. So we, um, we do not have boxing day here. Oh, you know what else we don't have? We don't have Tim Hortons. Well, the Northern States do. When the I Northern down- United States do really. Yes. Yes, Michigan, Ohio. Wait, isn't Ohio considered Midwest? I don't know what it's considered, but it's considered in the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) And so the U.S. does have Tim Hortons. Oh my gosh, I learned something. Look, I taught you something today, Beth, and you taught me something. So there's our teachable moments. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did, while I was doing some research this week, I came across World Wildlife Day, which is coming up on March 3rd. And so since this recording, I was planning on doing a totally different story, but because of World Wildlife Day coming up, I kind of wanted to bring a little bit of awareness. And this is where I'm talking about how We want to leave this podcast open to the interpretation of our listeners. And it's looking like it's a little bit of open interpretation to me as well, because I had talked about not just necessarily, you know, big name crimes or missing persons, but so it's all about true crime. And so the the topic I wanted to talk about today is about poaching and how crazy things get with illegal wildlife trade. So you want to talk about that today? Will that be okay? Oh, for sure. I was really excited when you came up with this topic. 
well, I, I know I'm throwing everybody for a loop, but again, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like to keep people guessing on what we're going to be doing. So why not? It's true crime. And this is just one of those things that it does not seem to be going away because just in April of last year in 2021, two Spanish journalists and a conservationist were killed by Al-Qaeda while they were working on a documentary about illegal poaching. So one of the most prized possessions that I found was the white rhinoceros is probably the biggest animal for uh, poaching. And these people are just trying to get their horns and their horns are worth around $368,000 just for its horn. And what do you think they use this horn for? Now think about this, Beth you come across, I don't know, you're on a, a safari and you're out in the wilderness and you look, come across a big carcass of a rhinoceros and they're just laying there and the horn's been just sawed off their face. What do you think they're using horns for? Just take I don't a know. Are they, are they ivory like with elephants? I don't know. If anybody knows, that would be great to let us know about that. Um, I have not really looked into that. I mean, in my research, it never really mentioned ivory. They did when I was talking about elephants. So, or when I was looking up elephants, but no, any other guesses? Not a one. Hangover remedies. They want the horns of the white rhinoceros for hangover remedies. Well, and there the are the cheapest one would be just don't drink. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There are a ton of other animals that are poached, including the tiger for its penis, Beth, and they collect around $400 for that so that they can use it in soup. And the white shark, I'm sorry, the whale shark is also used for soup and cosmetics and other health supplements, along with the great white shark and other species of the rhinoceros. So the rhinoceros seems to get the, um, the bad end of the deal here. Um, elephants, like you had mentioned, are used for ivory tusks and polar bears for their fur. And I'm sure the list goes on and on and on. And I just want to kind of know how do these poachers keep getting away with it? Well, it burns my butt. Um, this is a good time to mention about Diane Fossey. Uh, you may know about her. Have you heard about her? I've, I know the name. I haven't heard that name in a while, so. She was known for her extensive study of mountain gorillas. She lived among them. Is she the one that taught the um, the gorillas how to sign language? Yes. Wow. Wait, you're saying that what's she got to do with poachers? Because they were the ones that unfortunately killed her. She was in the, she had a cabin in the mountains of Rwanda. And in December 26, they came upon her, 1985, excuse me, they came upon her in their cabin dead. Oh, so she, she worked from 1966 until 85 with those gorillas. Oh my gosh. Did they poach the gorillas while yes. she was there? Uh, yeah, she came up, uh, she got very, um, very close to one of them. And she uh, was devastated when she found their hands cut off. That's what they were poaching on gorillas because they made ashtrays. Ashtrays out of gorillas' hands. Mm-hmm. This is disgusting. Like how, how much more disgusting 
can this be? Because, you know, I feel like I have a kindred spirit with animals. Um, yeah, I have a very big kindred with animals. I think that you can agree. I've always loved my animals in my life. And of course, mm-hmm. I love my my husband. I love my kids. Definitely. There's no comparison, but I do. I absolutely love my animals. So this story kind of hit home with me when I found out it was World Wildlife Day. And so I started Googling crimes against the wildlife and had no idea how, I mean, I know this has been around for a really long time, but I had no idea the capacity of, of the, and the extent. And like I said earlier, those journalists who just a a year ago were, were, um, you know, attacked because of poaching. Well, I was reading up on some of this after I saw your posts and boy, does it make me angry. It burns my butt. It chaps your butt, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so since we're talking about animals, do you remember watching the movie Bambi? Yes. And you know what? It was dad's favorite movie. Really? Could you believe it? I had no idea that was dad's favorite movie. How do you know that? I don't remember, but I do remember that he really liked it. Oh, so what's your favorite movie? Your favorite Disney movie? 101 Dalmatians. Oh, hey, I remember when that movie came out with Glenn Close. Yes. Boy, was there a a flood of people buying up these Dalmatians. But then what people didn't realize is that Dalmatians aren't that friendly. And they're very hard to keep. Why? They're a lot of work. Are they like hypers, like the little Jack Russells? I don't think they're so much hyper. I just think they, um, it's their personalities. So they're just extra. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, so I'm going to talk to you today about several cases that have to do with illegal wildlife poaching, which is pretty insane because it does happen to all these beautiful creatures. You've got so many uh, animals that are on the extinction list and yet it still happens. So before we keep going, I wanted to bring up some facts about poaching that are still occurring. Two rangers a week are killed protecting our wildlife. And this is uh, international, Beth, between U.S. and Canada, because um, there's a, what is it called? The Lacey Law. There's a law in effect that protects the animals uh, worldwide. So two rangers a week are killed protecting the wildlife. And then they've got like uh, thousands of poachers, usually mainly coming out of Africa. Only six countries collect data on poaching right now. How many countries are in the world? I mean, I'm not asking you to ask. People are turning a blind eye. Yeah, for sure. Illegal poaching is a worldwide business business that brings in up to $23 billion a year. And sharks are 100 million sharks are killed every year. And I could go on and on and on and on because I had mentioned some of the, the animals on that list with the rhinoceros, the, the tiger, the, the elephant. It's just, it, it can go on and on and on. I'm going to put a link in our show notes so that you all can look it up and see what the statistics are on that because it's actually quite interesting. It's eye-opening. And I just think that this is uh, one of those moments where we just need to bring awareness to the problem. So I'm going to start talking a little bit about some cases of people 
actually getting caught. Hallelujah. These people are getting caught. There's one man named David Barry from Missouri. In 2016, he was cited or criminally charged. I guess there's a big difference. He was either cited like getting a fine, a ticket of some sort, or he was criminally charged for over 70 times of poaching. And that was going across borders. He went into Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, and Canada. And so basically he committed the act against the, the, the crimes against um, the Lacey Act that was put into place in 1900 to, to protect these animals. Now, this is what really angers me. 70 charges for one man is 69 charges. Way too much. This is a joke. The system needs to be fixed. So the authorities were already into all of David's shenanigans. And so they were watch, watching for him at this point. They were able to get some uh, search warrants for his phone. And then through those records, they discovered that another person who was Cody Scott from Missouri, he was also involved. So according to cell phone records, these guys took a trip up your way, Beth, into Canada to poach for mule deer bucks just to get their antlers. Mm-hmm. I, I saw- hear a lot about that. What do they do with antlers? Because I saw a ton of pictures. They go with... into medicines. Okay, like herbals? hmm Wow. Okay. And it seems like a lot of the, um, the animals that we've already talked about also go into those herbal remedies. Mm-hmm. So, well... I bet you were wondering, you haven't, I had, you know, I ask you about these things randomly, but do you remember me asking you about Bambi? Mm-hmm. So interestingly enough in this case, then basically this guy, David Barry, he spent eight months in jail for poaching and he was ordered to watch Bambi several times along with being ordered to pay 16,000, over 16,000 in fines that was payable to the Lacey Act Reward Fund. So at least the money is going back into the system to hopefully catch these poachers. Not really sure why he was watching Bambi. I have no idea neither. I mean, I will say this. When I was growing up, you all, I was quite sensitive. (laughs) And there were movies I was not allowed to watch when I was a kid. One of them was Old Yeller. Or is it Old Yellow? No, Old Yeller. Old Yeller. I was not allowed to watch that. Because we all know what happens at the end, right? Yeah. And of all things, I was not allowed to watch Charlotte's Web at school. That I don't know. Strange. If, were you in that school, uh, the elementary school that we went to? Were you like, do you remember an assembly where everybody went into the gym just to watch um, Charlotte's Web? No, but I remember we did The King and I. The King and I? Mm-hmm. At the elementary school? Yep. Wait, are you thinking about when we lived in the city and we used no. to walk no wait you said the king and i mm-hmm. i was thinking of the lion king i'm still on the disney <laughs> movies <laughs> no i was thinking about the lion king sorry oh the king and i i think i do remember that one i do remember going to the elementary school when we lived in the city too though because we got these neat tickets like i don't know how they did that we had to get tickets but we would go see i feel like we saw what is that movie about the 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 kids in the witch's mountain was it called witch's mountain we did oh yes i remember you being naughty how was i being naughty you were throwing popcorn down over onto the people below 
because we were on the second level and one of the people who worked there came up and scolded the, th- <laughs> the three of us and they said, if you don't stop it, you're being kicked out. I do not remember that. Oh yeah. What? No, not me. <laughs> oh goodness. Was it during that movie with the, what is that? What was that movie called? Witch Mountain? Yes. Oh, Escape to Witch Mountain. Yes, yes, yes. It was during that movie? Yes. I remember seeing Love Bug too. Mm-hmm. So those are the two movies that I remembered watching. And I do remember The King and I, but I also remember that I was not allowed to go watch Charlotte's Web because again, we know what happens in the end. Okay, you ready for case number two? Yeah. Okay. So there's a father-son duo named David and Ramon Torres, Mayor Quick. Oh, golly, I did so good with that first name. David Mayorkin and Ramon Torres Mayorkin. Um, they were charged in 2017 for smuggling harvested sea cucumbers worth over $17 million into the United States to sell to the Asian markets. I hope not for soup because I don't really know much about sea cucumbers. Do you know anything about them? No. I looked at a picture and it kind of looks like a cucumber. Only think of trying to think of how you would compare it to, I would say it's about three times bigger than a football. So yeah. And I did have to go look up this a little bit about it because Oh, I've heard of them, but I don't know much about the ocean life because, you know, I grew up in Canada and that Lake Huron was my ocean and there's creepy things out there in the real ocean. So, mm-hmm. all right. So sea cucumbers, they protect the coral reefs and they act as a filter on the ocean floor, which I thought was pretty cool. So think about the fact that the sea cucumber is poached for soup. Did they say, did I say soup earlier? No, no, they were, they're um, harvested to sell to the Asian markets. I have no idea. A lot of this stuff is medicinal or, you know, natural herbs and stuff like that. But sea cucumbers are a natural way to filter the ocean floor so that it prevents algae from growing. And they also protect those coral reefs. So, well, we all know what lurks on coral reefs. Have you seen Finding Nemo? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I might have. Wait a minute. Are you telling me you have never seen Finding Nemo? I don't think I have. With Dory the fish, Ellen DeGeneres. Keep on swimming. Keep on swimming. No? I'm old. I'm not. I don't remember what I saw. (laughs) You need to go watch that one. It's a good one. Okay. All right. Okay. Sea cucumbers go for approximately $300 per pound. Oh, and they are used for medicinal. They are used for medicinal. Help me, Beth. They're used for medicinal purposes. Also as an aphrodisiac. So um, that's sea cucumbers. So the Mayorkans smuggled the sea cucumbers in from Mexico by falsifying their paperwork in the shipping containers. And I'll get into that in just a little bit, because the more I look dug into poaching, the more I found that um, a lot of people end up falsifying their paperwork when they're uh, moving their 
shipments from one country to another. All right. So let's talk about case number three, where crooks are really kind of stupid. You ever see that show back in the day? Crooks are stupid. No. Well, they are. I'm just saying. I mean, (laughs) they are. They just, they think they are so smart, but they're not. So David Zayak, I'm going to say it's Zayak. It's Z or Z-A-Y-A-C. And seven other people were poaching 39 deer, including 22 bucks between 2013 and 2016. Now, what made it so bad is that the illegal uh, hunting of animals is, you know, they're in their natural habitat. The animal itself is in their natural habitat. And I think that's, that's why some people can get in trouble for this because they shot the animals by feeders that were that were triggered by motion sensor lights that's sad 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 it is isn't that like cheating okay Uh, you can't yeah it's cheating you can't go out in the woods and sit there for eight hours and hope that an animal is going to come up on you you got to use sensor lights and then earlier when i was talking about david barry he was shooting from the road like he just would sit there so i'm thinking deer in the headlights um you know how have you ever come up on deer driving down the uh, back road or anything no, but Al has, and he had a huge dent in his car from running into a deer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That happened to me once. And then I got out of the car and I never did see what happened to the deer. I think it ran off because I didn't get out of the car that very moment. But when I got home, cause you know, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> There's a video out there that has some man who hit a deer and it, he put it in the back seat of his car and then the deer woke up. So he's calling 911. Have you ever heard that? that video? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So David Barry was shooting from the road, basically using his headlights on his car. But Zayak um, basically got caught because he decided he was going to go into the bar and drink some truth serum. We all know that truth serum in the bars, right? Mm -hmm. And he started bragging to a stranger who happened to be an undercover agent. And that undercover agent was investigating John on the suspicion of poaching. So he just kind of fell right into his hands. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. So miscellaneous cases, there are dozens of poachers out here and um, gosh. So a lot of it happens when people just come on private property. So let's just say I own three acres of land and then my next door neighbor decides to come onto my property to hunt. So that's considered poaching. Um, if somebody doesn't have a, a hunting license or if they have the wrong kind of hunting license or if they use the wrong kind of equipment. So if it's like turkey season and you're supposed to be hunting with, I don't know, do you hunt with, awesome. do you hunt turkeys with, with guns or arrows? I'm not sure, but I mean, mm-hmm. basically if you're out there, I mean, I know here we've got hunting season where you can only use bows and arrow bows and arrows, or you can use at other times, you're allowed to use a rifle. So if you're using a rifle during, during bow season, then that's considered poaching. So there are also people out there doing thrill kills. They just love to see uh, wildlife, you know, just, they're just doing it for fun. There was a man who was, um, who was, oh, videotaped stabbing a, a deer just stabbing it and then just dragging it around until it died. So oh. um, I know it's crazy. So I, I mean, 
I just don't know. I don't know what is going through these people's minds. I mean, there's no thrill about that. So, and then there's a list of, you know, famous people or celebrities who have also been Mm -hmm. recognized as being as, as poachers, but that would kind of follow along the lines of, you know, maybe not having the right license or things like that. So you all can look, go look that up. Actually, we're going to transition a little bit into how some of the, some of the processes they use to catch serial killers can also stop elephant and wildlife poachers too. Um, You know how we use DNA these days, right? Uh Now they can use DNA. Have you heard of familial searching? No, it is a way of, I want you to think about 35 and me, something like that. So you take your DNA from your family members and you basically link relationships and match it. So what they've done is um, I'll just give you a really quick statistic. Approximately seven, nope, approximately 500 tons of raw ivory is shipped out of Africa every year. So that would be just from elephants, right? Uh And so the genetic testing with familial searching is a big breakthrough in poaching investigations, because what they do is they look for that DNA of an elephant family and an elephant family. Like they aren't they a social creature where they're always together. They don't like, they're not loners. They're family units. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you had one elephant that was poached, I don't know, let's just say a year ago, there was an elephant poached and then the authorities found the ivory. Well, what they do is they link relationships between the elephant families to create a match. And so think about how on, on crime shows where you see a bulletin board and you've got a map and then you've got these pins in the map. And then you've got those little lines of, of string that go from one pin to the next all over the map. Right. Yeah. They do the same thing. And they are catching a lot of poachers that way. So uh, usually what happens is that the tusks and, and whatever parts are being shipped illegally, then they're usually being stopped whenever the shipments are being expected, inspected, like, you know, like between you and me going between Canada and the United States when we were growing up. Do you remember going to grandma's house and how we always stopped in customs? Oh, yeah. And do you remember how mom used to say, be quiet, don't answer any questions if they ask if we have anything? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So the familial searching works in a way that the investigators collect data on the seized goods and they put it all into the system and they connect those dots all over the world, kind of like that map that I just described. But it's a little bit difficult because... Um, authorities can go back and link the DNA to known poachers, but what the poachers are doing is they're kind of, uh, they're kind of catching on. So they're moving around to different areas now. So, um, scientists can, scientists can still link the DNA from the ivory, just like they would with our human teeth. So as of this month, Authorities have been able to match around 600 gen- genetically matched tux- tusks between smuggled shipments. Once the DNA is identified, then 
officials can pinpoint locations of known smugglers and then obtain those cell records or the bill of lading at the port site. So it's like shipping something from over from America into Canada. Well, every shipment has a bill of lading. It's almost like, you know, you know how many people are on an airplane, right? Mm -hmm. They have all the names. So that's where people are just fudging the information going onto what's being shipped. So, I mean, I know that you and I have passed packages back and forth and they always have that, the the little slip that you have to fill out and they want to know what's in it so that when you get your package, you're not surprised because it's written on the front of the package before you even open it. Although the familial testing is a breakthrough of stopping illegal poaching, they have caught on and are now working out of less conspicuous countries. Africa is a really big country. So now they're moving to other places. And then I will say in 2021, so wow, just a couple months ago, November 3rd, 2021, two suspects were arrested in Seattle, Washington, and by, but they were caught by using the, the DNA familial technique. So here comes that Lacey Act again. They falsely labeled their shipment from the Bill of Ladings, which violates that, that Lacey Act. Um, if they're convicted, they'll face a maximum of 20 years in prison for smuggling, money laundering, and those Lacey Act violations. So that's kind of where we're at with poaching, Beth. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And like I said, I'm going to put a link in our show notes just so everybody can just get an idea of, I mean, it's, it just doesn't look like it's going to stop soon, but I'm excited to know they're using DNA. I know it's probably highly expensive, but um, the World Wildlife Foundation is a really good spot for you all to just kind of look things up and then yeah it's it's hopefully if we can get the word out there on this this problem then we will hopefully say that we've done something about it beth are you frozen do i need to tell another story (laughs) beth i swear we're on zoom you guys and so i'm sitting here looking at beth's reaction did you listen to our first podcast beth yes a couple times did you oh wow thanks for bringing the numbers up i love that thank you (laughs) No, did you like the story that I told while you were gone? Oh, yes. (laughs) I do. I know that Al liked it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we're we're hopefully getting the word out there on the on the poaching. uh, And I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be going away. Well, at least this is one step closer to catching these guys and getting them off the streets. I think what we should see happening is more jail time. Maybe that will get out the word. I hope so. Thank you to our listeners. You can visit our website at dyingtobefound.com. And I I figured the, the best way is just to direct you to there for now, because this website contains our latest episodes and links to our social media accounts. I mean, you can just click on it. You don't have to worry about how to spell it. And you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And so if you're already in one of these apps, look for us at Dying to be Found, and we appreciate it. We hope to see you next week, hear hear from you next week. And if you have anything that you want us to look up and, and talk about for you, then just shoot us an email. And that's a wrap. That it is. Bye, everybody. Bye.